Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. Trying to save her nominee to run the city's 911 call center. But will it work? In Southeast, I'm John Dome. And- Wall Street ended on a down note Friday. Good morning, it's 1 o'clock. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Aaron Rubin in New York. The latest jobs report is a good news, bad news scenario. 263,000 jobs were created in November, but there's still concerns over inflation. The Fed's aggressive rate hikes are not doing the trick, as the economy keeps stubbornly adding new jobs. Bankrate.com's Mark Hamrick. Growth in payrolls topped expectations with a November gain of 263,000. And October's level was revised higher by 23,000 jobs to 284,000. The unemployment rate remains steady at 3.7%. Wendy Gillette, CBS News. New research finds a surge in hate speech on Twitter since Elon Musk took over the platform. More from the BBC's James Clayton. Officially, Twitter's moderation policies haven't changed. However, a team of researchers found that slurs against black and Jewish people, as well as homophobic content, has dramatically increased in the last few weeks. But Mr. Musk hit back, saying the findings were false and pointing to his own research that showed that hate speech had declined over the last month. Still no suspect in the murders of four college students in Idaho. CBS's Nora O'Donnell reports. A celebration of life was held for the four University of Idaho students who were murdered last month. Friends and family gathered to remember the victims and call for justice. Here's the sister, Azana Kernoodle. Losing her is the hardest thing I've ever had to go through and it has left me heartbroken. Zana was the funniest person I knew and made me laugh every time I spent time with her. Police revealed that a sixth person is listed on the lease at the home where the four students were stabbed to death, but they do not believe that person was there at the time of the murders. The Houston Police Department announced an arrest in the murder of Migos rapper Takeoff, who was shot and killed last month. Under arrest for murder is a 33-year-old man. A possible change to the 2024 presidential calendar, our Stephen Portnoy explains. In keeping with a request from the president himself, the DNC's Rules and Bylaws Committee has given provisional approval to a primary calendar that has South Carolina out in front. With a majority black Democratic electorate that put Joe Biden on course to win the 2020 nomination, South Carolina's primary would be first in 2024 on Saturday, February 3rd. That's before New Hampshire and Nevada would vote the following Tuesday. Iowa would be out of the early states for the Democrats altogether. The State Department confirms a U.S. citizen was killed when a big wave hit a cruise ship near Argentina. Four other people were injured when the wave slammed the Viking Polaris on Tuesday, shattering windows. The incident caused Viking to call off the rest of the crews. This is CBS News. JADC2 is vital to delivering information advantage at the speed of relevance. The success of JADC2 depends on zero-trust-enabling technologies such as Identity Credentialing and Access Management, or ICAM. GDIT developed a federated ICAM solution that allows organizations to share mission data while maintaining local control of who and what is on the network at any time. From the enterprise to the edge, GDIT delivers zero-trust capabilities tailored for disconnected environments. To learn more, visit GDIT.com. Com slash ICAM. WTLP at 103. It's Saturday morning. We've made it to the weekend, everybody. 3rd of December, 2022. Welcome in. Cloudy with some drizzle developing by daybreak Saturday. Low holding in the 40s. Down a degree. We're at 48 in our nation's capital right now. Good morning to you. 
I'm Dean Lane. We do indeed thank you for taking us along for your weekend morning ride. That being the local stories we're looking at for you as we do head into this Saturday together. We begin with a video of a shooting aboard a metro train you'll remember nearly two years ago. It was at the heart of a case against an FBI agent. He was accused of attempted second-degree murder and other charges. As WTOP's Kate Ryan reports Saturday morning from the courthouse in Rockville, the jury has made its decision this week. Not guilty. Four times the foreperson of the jury in Montgomery County said 38-year-old Eduardo Valdivia, an FBI agent, was not guilty on all counts in the shooting of a man on a red line train in 2020. Montgomery County State's Attorney John McCarthy was disappointed and said the question was whether Valdivia's actions against a man who had asked him for money were reasonable. That got answered today by the jury. As a representative of the people of this county, I think that they were entitled to hear the evidence and make that decision. Robert Bonsib, the attorney for Valdivia. He acted reasonably. All he wanted to do was to go to work that day and come home, be with his family that evening. In Rockville, Kate Ryan, WTOP News. Turning now at 104 here on WTOP to a cold case murder locally in Northern Virginia. A step closer, we're told, to being solved this morning. That's because the victim in this case has been identified nearly 30 years after her remains were actually found. Back in 1993, a woman was found stabbed to death in a wooded area out in Centerville. Last month, Fairfax County's major crime, Cyber and Forensics Bureau, identified her. That Jane Doe is Sharon K. Abbott Lane. Major Ed O'Carroll oversees the bureau. We, we never knew... Uh, who the remains belong to. With the help of her family, they were able to use DNA testing. Sharon was last heard from in 1987. Her late father received an anonymous call about four years later that his daughter was dead. O'Carroll says while her death is closer to being solved, they need the community's help. We hope someone comes forward, be it the killer or someone with information. Melissa Howell, WTOP News. WTOP at 106. If you call 911 locally in D.C., how confident are you actually that you'll get the help you really need when you need it. Well, members of the D.C. Council are not very confident right now, apparently, after a series of botched calls over the years. But the mayor is trying to prop up her nominee to run the 911 call center ahead of a vote coming next week. The treatment of Karima Holmes is not right. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser is trying to save the nomination of Karima Holmes, who ran the Office of Unified Communications once before. OUC has drawn lots of criticism for repeated failures by dispatchers to get emergency response on time and to the right address. In one case this summer, a newborn baby that had stopped breathing died when paramedics were sent to the wrong address. Holmes has been the interim director for months and says the criticism directed at her is unfair. I am actually asked across this country to help other other 911 directors run their center. And it's absolutely embarrassing that in my own hometown that that is not seen. The appointment did not have support when it came to the council. The full council will take up her nomination and council chair Phil Mendelson says he expects it to fail. I'm a little surprised that the mayor has decided to dig in on this. In Southeast D.C., John Dome in WTOP News. Now a follow-up Saturday morning to a story WTOP has been spearheading from the start all about the troubled D.C. crime lab. The city's auditor says internal oversight practices at the lab were broken and ineffective long before the lab lost its accreditation last year. The report also finds fault with federal prosecutors in the D.C. Office of the Attorney General for going outside that process to launch an investigation that later turned up evidence of serious misconduct by lab workers. This report is out just ahead of the D.C. Council's actual first vote coming up next week on Tuesday on a bill overhauling the forensic agency. 
WTOP at 107, an update on traffic and weather coming right up. In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Mannion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment. If not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Mannion Foundation. And through TMF, these words can live in you too. Show the world what you're made of. Because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. You're with Dean Lane on WTOP. Saturday morning, December 3rd. Welcome to the weekend, everybody. We've made it. It's 108. Glad you're Michael with us. Michael and Sons heating tune-up for only $69. Michael and Sons. Traffic and weather on the 8s and when it breaks. Good morning to Ian Crawford with us in the WTOP Traffic Center. Hello there, Dino. Still a little sluggish on the Capitol Beltway in Virginia. We'll start there. The Outer Loop Work Zone after the Legion Bridge and passing the George Washington Memorial Parkway exit 43 going underneath exit or going underneath Route 193 for Georgetown Pike and on toward the Dulles Toll Road. Single left lane gets by, but again, the ride much better than it was even an hour ago. The Inner Loop Work a little more contentious on the interloop of the Capitol Beltway after exit 50 for Route 50 heading past I-66. Should be a single left lane getting by this work zone as well. Still a little sluggish, especially near the ramps for I-66, but past that you are good. No known closures on any of those ramps that would take you from the interloop toward 66, either the mains or the express lanes. On 66 itself, remarkably quiet given what we've had to deal with over the last several months. The one work zone that we have is going to be eastbound near Sudley Road. It's two left lanes to get it by, but doing so without incident or delay. On 95, they were looking for a crash southbound near Quantico. Exit 148 actually gone that point by a couple of miles near mile marker 146. Unclear what, if anything, was ever found, but we do have one unit that had marked out there, so we may have something. Watch for that over on the right side, perhaps. On the northbound side, nothing reported. On 95 in Maryland and on the Baltimore-Washington Parkway between the beltways, we are okay. On on 270, I should say, between Frederick and the Lane Divide, quiet. 50 across the Bay Bridge, all travel lanes are available and passable. Ian Crawford, WTOP Traffic. Tracking rain across the region. It will be a rather rainy morning, steady at times, and then the rain shower activity will actually taper off into the afternoon, turning windy this afternoon with highs close to 60 degrees. A few isolated showers are possible into the afternoon. Sunday's going to be dry but noticeably colder with temperatures in the 40s and sunshine. Near 50 once again on Monday. I'm Storm Team 4 is Ryan Miller. Right now, we're at 50 degrees in Roslyn as well, Farragut Square. Two degrees cooler, 48 in Laurel. And we're at 48 and holding at our nation's capital. 1 a.m. hour, Saturday morning, December 3rd. Welcome to the weekend. This check brought to you this morning by Long Fence. Save 15% on Long Fence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. Good morning. Glad you're with us. It's 110 on WTOP. Traffic in the D.C. region is constantly changing. If you spot a major incident that we're not already reporting, call the WTOP Traffic Center at 866-304-WTOP. That's 866-304-WTOP. ADHD. It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated, and it can last a lifetime. Up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental disorder that requires a comprehensive approach to treatment. Learn more at moretoadhd.com. This message brought to you in partnership with ADA, ACO, and CHAD. 
This is WTOP News. It's Saturday, December 3rd. Welcome into WTOP. Glad you're with us this early weekend morning where the time is 111. There's breaking news this Saturday morning involving campaign 2024. Democrats have voted officially this week to remove Iowa as the leadoff state on the presidential nominating calendar, replacing it with South Carolina starting in two years. President Joe Biden arguing this week the dramatic shakeup, which he endorsed, will better reflect, he says, the party's diverse electorate. Iowa has been first in the nation for 50 years, actually, but technical meltdown sparked chaos and marred results of the state's 2020 caucus. This move will still have to be first approved by the full DNC in a vote likely early next year. This morning, CBS News chief election and campaign correspondent Robert Costa explains why Democrats have voted this way this week. Long story short, this is about President Biden, whose campaign was elevated by the South Carolina primary in 2020, trying to pay respects to that core coalition in the Democratic Party, a core coalition he believes does not get enough respect and influence in the nominating process. And that's black voters. Black voters, he believes, are often left out of the conversation early in the presidential campaigns because of Iowa, a very rural, very white state. And he's trying to now, as president, use his political capital to move it up in the calendar. This must leave uh, residents of Iowa reeling, Bob. It is leaving them reeling. Even a Republican Longtime Senator Chuck Grassley came out to fight the Democrats' position about how they're going to run their own party's primaries. But this was a long time coming. The chairman of the party, Jamie Harrison, head of the Democratic National Committee from South Carolina, one of the most influential members of Congress, Jim Clyburn, also from South Carolina. And this is about the Democrats looking at their party and believing their primary process should reflect what they believe is the diverse nature power of their voting electorate. Uh, you know, some people may ask this question. Why can't a different state lead off the nominating calendar every four years? Uh, would that be too confusing? Seems like it might be a little more fair. It looks like this could be a fluid process. For so long, it's always been Iowa, then New Hampshire, then South Carolina, then Nevada. What you're seeing now at the Democratic National Committee is an active discussion. We see Michigan moving up on the calendar, South Carolina moving to the front of the line. This is part of a discussion in both parties, frankly, about whether the primary calendar needs to be upended to reflect how the party is changing, whether it's Democrats or Republicans. And ultimately, do you think it will have any broader impact beyond that? It'll have an impact because if President Biden chooses to run in 2024, South Carolina is his key political state. So it's hard to see him having a primary challenge of any significant impact if South Carolina is going to give him a resounding win early in the process, should he run. And if he doesn't run, it's going to have an impact because it means black voters who comprise a lot of the Democratic electorate in South Carolina are going to have a major say, and that's going to influence the possibility of the field. Campaign 2024 continues on WTOP. That's CBS News Chief Election and Campaign Correspondent Robert Costa talking with Hillary and Sean. You are listening to 103.5 FM at WTOP.com. Sports at 15 and 45, powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. Think red. It's Saturday morning. It's the weekend, everybody. December 3rd, 115 Sports Time. Let's check in now with Mr. Frank Hammerhead. 
It was a celebration of Maryland basketball on a Friday night in College Park as the Terps opened up Big Ten play with a win against Illinois 71-66. Jameer Young hits a big three late. He pumped in 24 as the Terps beat the Fighting Illini. Maryland now 8-0 and to start the season. The Wizards made it five straight losses on the road, this time at Charlotte. 117-116, down by as many as 22 points. Wiz had a chance to go ahead with about five seconds left, but Bradley Beal's jumper rims off. Beal had 33 points, a season high, but some costly turnovers late. Daniel Gafford, big night, had six blocks. Wizards also missed nine free throws. Wiz, a game under 500 now at 11-12, and 12, hosts the L.A. Lakers on Sunday. U.S. men's soccer it is now on to the knockout phase of the World Cup in Qatar. U.S. facing the Netherlands at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. Also playing on Saturday, Argentina faces off against Australia. Some baseball news. Pitcher Jacob deGrom leaving the Mets signs a five-year deal with the Texas Rangers, reportedly worth $185 million. Again, good night for the Terps, knocking off Illinois 71-66. I'm Frank Hanrahan, WTOP Sports. All right, thanks, Frankie. As always, Saturday morning, December 3rd, it's 116 on WTOP. Britain's Prince William and Princess Kate just wrapped up their three-day visit to Boston this week, their first trip actually to the U.S. in eight years. CBS News correspondent Michael George was there. With the royal visit in its final day, President Biden greeted Prince William outside the JFK Presidential Library Friday. Earlier, Caroline Kennedy, the late president's daughter and the U.S. ambassador to Australia, took Prince William through the library. William and Kate's Boston itinerary focused on environmental projects and innovators, culminating with Friday night's Earthshot Prize award ceremony. CBS News correspondent Michael George, the Earthshot Prize celebrates people who create solutions that repair the environment. WTOP at 117, a county in southeast Virginia is making an unusual move this week to prevent anyone from taking down a Confederate statue. On this, the Washington Post reports the Matthews County Board of Supervisors is apparently preparing to transfer a small plot of public land under the statue to a private preservation group. The local chapter of the NAACP has now threatened a lawsuit over any effort to transfer the property. About 8% of Matthews County's 8,600 residents are black. Stay tuned. Again, 117 on WTOP. The top stories we're working on on WTOP. We're heading into this weekend together. An FBI agent has been found not guilty in a December 2020 shooting aboard a red line train. Democrats have voted to remove Iowa as the leadoff state this week on the presidential nominating calendar. We'll tell you about the new top states coming up ahead. And Karima Holmes, once again, uh, will be the, is trying to be DC's official 911 director. The mayor's fighting for her, but council members are apparently not budging right now. Stay tuned. Keep it here on WTOP for full details on these developing stories in just minutes. Saturday morning, 1 a.m. hour, December 3rd, where the time now is actually 118. Traffic and weather on the 8s and when it breaks. Good morning to Ian Crawford in the WTOP Traffic Center. Hello there, Dino. We've got some sluggish rides on the Capitol Beltway inner loop. In Virginia, this is going to be after exit 50 for Route 50 Arlington Boulevard. Heading toward I-66, it should be a single left lane getting by. More sluggish, at least according to the map, than we are than we can really believe for what may be going on without any stoppages. They may have stopped traffic. Again, this one has been almost successfully, completely successfully avoiding the cameras. I've managed to find one camera. Does not see a delay at this point, but cannot rule out 
anything else that might be happening between the cameras. Tell us what you're seeing through that area at 866-304-WTOP. The Outer Loop Work Zone in Virginia is going to be coming off the Legion Bridge, passing the George Washington Memorial Parkway, and on toward heading toward at least the Dulles Toll Road, and a left lane gets by there. That ride has become a lot easier. It may have new work setting up on 66 outside the Beltway, said to be near Nutley Street or just a little to the east of Nutley Street on the eastbound side of 66. Watch for work over on the left side. We may be at maybe two lanes to the right. Just getting word of this one from Virginia State Authorities, but have not seen anything successfully in these cameras yet either that are still pointed interesting directions. On the Maryland side, 95 and the Baltimore-Washington Parkway remain quiet. 50 across the Bay Bridge, no reported incidents. And between the Bay Bridge and the Beltway, through Bowie and Annapolis, Route 50 runs without delay. Ian Crawford, WTOP Traffic. Rain showers pushing in from the west, and it's going to be a rather soggy Saturday morning across the region with air temperatures that are going to be mild for this time of year. We'll be in the 50s this morning and then quickly get to 60 degrees this afternoon. Look for a breezy time this morning, turning very windy this afternoon as well as a cold front begins to push towards the region. That switchover from the south to the northwest in the wind direction will occur here into the evening hours and a much colder Sunday with temperatures only in the lower 40s, and it looks like we're back close to 50 on Monday. I'm Storm Team 4 meteorologist Ryan Miller. Right now, we're at 50 degrees in DuPont Circle, 47 in Germantown, 48 degrees in Annandale. We are at 48 degrees and holding in our nation's capital, 1 a.m. hour, Saturday morning, December 3rd. Welcome to the weekend, everybody. We've made it. This check brought to you this morning by Len the Plumber. Trusted same-day service, seven days a week. Check him out. Len the Plumber. Have Apple CarPlay or Android Auto in your car and the WTOP app on your phone? Then you have one-touch access to the WTOP live stream. 50 trying to head toward the westbound. Traffic reports, podcasts, this podcast has allowed us to and more. And orchestra. Check it out today. This holiday season, Diamonds Direct gives you the gift of 0% interest financing for three years on any purchase. With high prices and high interest rates everywhere else, Diamonds Direct is here with the incredible shopping experience you need. Our guaranteed best value prices will save you money. And with 0% interest, you can spread your payments over three years with no finance charge, period. And for this holiday season, we're showcasing an expanded selection of affordable and timeless holiday gifts. Rings, earrings, pendants, bracelets, colored gemstones... And if you're upgrading her diamond or getting engaged over the holidays, we have one of the largest diamond selections in America. All sizes and shapes, all cut for maximum brilliance, and all offered at our amazing direct importer, no middleman prices. Check out our holiday gift guide now at diamondsdirect.com. Buy now or come into the showroom. Let one of our experts guide you in finding the holiday gift that's at the top of their list. And enjoy three years zero interest financing on any holiday purchase. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is WTOP. Today's top news, traffic, and weather. The WTOP Producers Desk is wired by IBEW Local 26, where electrical contractors come to grow. Good Saturday morning. We've made it to the weekend, everybody. December 3rd, 2022. Welcome in this early 1 a.m. hour. Glad you're spending it with us here at WTOP. I'm Dean Lane. Our producer is Alicia Abelson. Among the top stories we're following for you as we do ride into this Saturday together on WTOP...
I'm WTOP's Mike Marillo, and I have MS. I'm Nick Irons, and my dad has MS. Together, Nick and I are bringing you the Mastering MS podcast. Join us on our journey to learn more about multiple sclerosis and hear from people living their best lives with it. In our first episode... Frontman for the band Everclear, Art Alexakis, tells you why. I'm grateful for my MS. Download the latest podcast of Mastering MS today. On Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is WTOP News. Now that we got the wheels back on the bus, let's try this again Saturday morning. 123, welcome in. Most everyone agrees the federal government should pay its bills to take care of everyone, including those who get Social Security and Medicare and basic support through food, housing, health care and education. Most of the time, that's not a problem, except when it comes to the debt ceiling. And if Congress doesn't act to lift it during this lame duck session in place now, experts say a lot of us could be paying the price for that. This morning, CBS News congressional correspondent Scott McFarland with more for us. We're not yet approaching the debt ceiling. It's coming likely in the next year, but the crisis is potentially relevant right now. We recall what happened 12 years ago when Congress had trouble reaching a deal to raise the debt ceiling. The Republican-controlled House and the Obama administration couldn't have a meeting of the minds on this, and the U.S. credit rating was damaged, and the economy took a jolt. So did the stock market. Here we come into 2023 with the Republican House and the Biden administration facing the prospect of another standoff. So there was a lot of talk in the last few weeks of getting something done before Democrats lose control of the U.S. House, which means this month spoke to several local members of Congress, Don Beyer included, Jerry Connolly included, Congressman-elect Glenn Ivey of Maryland, all of whom said they'd support Congress moving on this now to avert a crisis next year. But Speaker Nancy Pelosi answering question didn't indicate there is time or space or an agreement. She wants it bipartisan. Doesn't seem to be a prospect of that. So we'll move into 2023 with that very big item still sitting on the table. Well, what about other major issues? What are they trying to get done in the final days of this Congress? One thing they're definitely going to have to do before month's end is authorize the military. That sounds somewhat obscure or wonkish. It's called the National Military Authorization or the National Defense Authorization. you got to do that every year, or you could put it on hold. Pay raises for service members, all of our local service members, military construction, procurement at all our major military facilities, including, you know, the big one in Arlington. And this typically gets done earlier in the year, but it's another one of those things that's been kicked down the curb and put on the table for this month and has to get done in the finite amount of time that remains. Now, we had the Oath Keepers trial verdict just days ago. Next week, another January 6th related trial. What can you tell us about that? What's more, it's another Oath Keepers trial. There's another group of Oath Keepers seditious conspiracy defendants. They broke them up, Dimitri, to make the trials a little more bite-sized for the juries. They'll go at it again starting Tuesday morning with jury selection. If the Department of Justice secures another conviction for seditious conspiracy, they are wielding an awful lot of leverage with more seditious conspiracy defendants to come and potentially more defendants to come, those who may not have yet been arrested. CBS News Congressional Correspondent Scott McFarland talking with Michelle and Dimitri. You are listening to 103.5 FM and WTOP.com. Time now to check your money news. Here's Jeff. By the closing bell, the Dow is up 35 points Friday. The Nasdaq lost 21 points. The unemployment rate in November was unchanged at 3.7%. A more than expected 263,000 jobs were gained. The labor participation rate, or number of Americans working, fell for the third straight month. 
McLean-based cybersecurity company, Securion, plans to go public. It would be the second local cybersecurity IPO. Arlington's Leonardo DRS went public earlier.